good tidings to all the earthlings. I wanted to talk about the election process and what people are finally waking up to, that the New World Order is taking over one country at a time. And no one noticed it when they were doing that in the Middle East, the Arab Spring, when they were taking down leaders in each and every country in the Middle East. And it was around Hillary's time and Obama's time to go after many of the key nations in the Middle East and Africa, taking the leaders down in the name of terrorism. And when COVID hit, we actually had the same scenario, deja vu, in 2020 with President Trump coup to take him down. And all of this stuff is very visible that each country that they were trying to install their own leaders so they mindless aliens that were installed to go with the new world order they can comply from top down orders as they get them and this is the way to unify the whole world implement the global policies that are going on behind the scenes and I don't think most people really understand you know, they see the effect, but they don't really understand that the WHO, the World uh, Health Organization, along with the billionaires that fund it and run it, including the U.S. government. The U.S. government has funded a lot of this, and we don't know who's behind the scene running the show yet, but I believe God will have to expose that eventually because this is such a big sham that's taken over the whole world, country by country. But the lessons that we learn from this COVID scam is that all of the politicians from major countries, most of them complied, and the ones that didn't, they were either killed or taken out. In fact, the previous uh, Brazil president, he was against, he was questioning what was happening with COVID, just like the Tanzanian, Tanzania president in Africa who did those tests on goats and papayas and mangoes just to prove how stupid the COVID tests were and how false they were because they came back positive for the virus, so-called alleged coronavirus, where it was even inside of a papaya. So... He proved, he showed them what the New World Order was doing, and he protected his country. And, you know, a lot of them didn't take the shots because of that. And then, of course, he dies a couple of years later. So, similarly, this was going to happen to Brazil eventually because their president, last one, was, and I, I don't know the name, but he did speak up against it too. And maybe it's Bolsonaro, I don't know, the one that the people want. But it's deja vu. Everything that happened here is happening there, except people recognize it. That's why they're all out in the street, that, hey, we didn't elect the other guy. You know, 
we we show support of who we elected and they all went out in the streets to show like we're it we're the 99% that elected and he didn't get put in power How, why is that because this is a global thing that's gone on with the elites to take down the world all the governments so even in India when Modi and everyone else was repeating the same propaganda India is a very very populated country they live with their diseases every single day I mean that place if there's any new disease that ever exists it's going to exist in India because they're so densely populated and very you know everything is kind of uh, the life is still in the poverty stage for a lot of people and they're not very clean over there so you know it's a good stage for a lot of bacterial stuff going on so when all their famous actors that are like super famous you know like billions of people love them started doing the propaganda with the vaccines go get it Modi was repeating the same nonsense as all the Western leaders so then you knew that they were bought out and what Australian government did you knew they were bought out New Zealand they were bought out and South America Mexico you know I think there was a little bit of resistance there but a lot of the key countries and Brazil happens to be one of them in South America that they have to get control over there's a lot of people in Brazil so and a lot of resources in South America that is still yet to be raped and pillaged by you know the powers to be so they cannot let people act independently they needed to have total control of this new world order so that's what the health system started with the who declaring the pandemic which was paid for by these western shadow people that we don't know yet but there are good suspects like bill gates the government the zionist zoos from israel and the king charles he's doing the great reset he's the one that started this whole thing behind the scenes for years and decades getting all those organizations together where all the other leaders basically bow down to him so he's a pretty good suspect China is a pretty good suspect the CCP party that wants to take over America they're doing everything they can you know they've already exposed there's stuff in the media already that they wanted to kill off all Americans take our land move their population over here and have the second China like God is gonna let them do that I laugh at you ha 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 no way you can't God is not gonna let nations like that take over another nation because they're given plenty of resources of their own plenty of land of their own even though they have fooled the world to tell them they don't have that they don't have resources to get too many people blah 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 liars they have a big chunk of the world and they have a lot of resources that's why they use them and make it 
to give us all the goods that we get. We don't make anything. They do. They're the world's manufacturers. That's how they make their living. That's how they have equal amount of GDP as the United States, if not more or a little bit less. But they're a big contender. They act like they're going to take over the world, but God's not going to let them do that. So it's just silliness. Somebody decided to bring about the new world order to speed up the coming of the Messiah. It's their Messiah, not ours. But they want that. They, you know, we got to have Mashiach now. We don't want to wait. You heard those songs. So if they don't want to wait and they want to accelerate all of this to gain control over the people and then create enough chaos because they're, in effect, dismantling every single government around the world. Because people, they knew people would hate this kind of system. Nobody's going to go along with it. Nobody wants to be in prison. We're not like guinea pigs, rats that, you know, the wealthy can control. So this is all a sham. It's, it's mental games, psychological warfare to think that we're all trapped, like in a cage that's controlled by them. And the walls are closing in. But they don't control anything. They don't control God. They don't control... The, the planet belongs to God. And everything in it belongs to Him. So all these little demons are out there trying to bring about the end times. So this theology that they think that they're ready for it. They want Satan to come in power. They want to offer... You know, right now, this is the darkness. Then there's going to be the light. The light where every problem will be solved. The miracles will be happening. People are going to rejoice over what's to come. And a lot of them are going to get deceived. Even the elect, if it was not possible. So today, I heard another podcast with Mike Adams. And, and I don't know the name of the lady. I probably should. But she wrote couple of books that she's selling and it must be doing well because all the propaganda that she's pushing out saying that you know we're going to enter the thousand year peaceful millennium soon and that we're already in the tribulation and it's going to end very very soon uh, like next year the you know the 1,355 days and perhaps I got the number of days wrong but the three and a half years, and somehow, you know, like God's going to turn this around and part the waters as, you know, we were the Israelites going through all the problems and they were coming after us. And then he parted the Red Sea and then it, the water came down on the enemy. So along those lines, she's theorizing that that's what's going to happen. But we're not in the Great Tribulation. Those days are going to be so bad that men's hearts are going to fail. So I don't know why anyone thinks we're in the Great Tribulation. We're not. Okay? It's bad, yes. There's a lot of... But everybody's carrying on. They're still able to buy and sell. They're still working, whether from home or wherever. They're still eating up all the entertainment. I mean, I live in an area where 
I regularly see droves of people go to concerts, plays, baseball games, football games, all kinds of entertainment activities while seemingly there's some sort of pandemic going on. How the hell does that happen? If there's really any pandemic or any concern for human life at all, entertainment would be the last thing on people's mind. But we're living in stress, but we're not. The stress is there in the background telling us the world is bad and it's going to end and there's some of these devious virus that's going to kill us all. But at the same time, you just put on a little mask, you go have a good time, you still drink your beer, you still go watch your games, you still go on a date, you know, you're still doing normal stuff. People are still getting married, which, by the way, I never got invited because I didn't take the shot. Whatever. So when all this is happening, at the same time, this is not great tribulation. You're going to cry in the great tribulation. You're going to fear. You're going to need God to save you because it's going to be so freaking bad that if you don't cry out to him, you're going to see fearful things, fearful signs. And right now, all you're seeing is the new world order taking over, putting a stamp on everything. Behind the scenes, it's making policies of everything from farming to medicine to housing, anything you can think of. They're putting in their global policies. And they need these leaders to follow the plan. Whenever there's execution of that plan, they got to be in line to follow it. And anyone who resists, anyone who turns a country around in a different direction, like Trump wanted to do, you know, and during his time, the he had was making a big impact, economic impact around the world. Everybody was becoming prosperous. You know, he's a millionaire. He's figured out, or a billionaire, he's figured out how to make money. He's figured out how to make deals with people to make them money. And that's why people love him, because he's a business guy and using those skills as a president. But he's not a commander-in-chief, and he didn't protect the American people against the coup, the threat, allowing Biden to take over like he did. The military wasn't on his side. He couldn't use the military to arrest those people that did the coup. In fact, it went the other way. It blamed the people for insurrection for January 6th, which many of them are still in prison and getting, you know, investigated for all, all those crimes that are made up. And they're me, being made an example of. Trump didn't go protect them. He didn't pay for all their legal bills. He didn't get them the best lawyers to get them out. He didn't start a militia to go after and undo the war that needs to be done with the, you know, takeover regime that's already there. And the military, if they're, if they're infiltrated by foreign powers and treasonous people, then what is everybody waiting for? Seriously, you have a president who cannot think. And people still act like he is the president when he's not. 
If you can't think and you're supposed to be the commander-in-chief, which is supposed, the only reason for that office is to be the commander-in-chief. All this other bullshit is just BS. Doesn't matter. The president doesn't need to worry about little teeny things of to make fee people feel good and give them programs that they want. That's not the job of the commander-in-chief. That's not even the job of the government. It's the will of the people, you know, that's supposed to be carried out to what they can vote for. But in the end, the real job of the president is to be the commander-in-chief. He's supposed to protect the nation from foreign threats and domestic threats. He's supposed to be sane enough to make sound judgments if there's any event of war talk and taking action because he has a power to launch nukes against any nations or declare war, which will impact millions of people if any kind of war. It doesn't even have to be nuclear war. People will die. So when you have that responsibility to declare war and protect the country, that is the only reason why anyone should elect a strong president. That's it. There's no other reason. No one should care about who's right on the left or right. Makes no freaking difference. You are not going to have a country if you leave it open for foreign invaders to come in like Biden has. He is an agent for China, for sure, because that's how he made his millions and billions doing deals with them and his son, but they're not prosecuted for that. They're not even investigated for high treasonous crimes. And everyone is pretending that he's a president and joke, well, you know, stage left, he walked over there, stage right, and he can't do this. Well, he got lost in the garden. He walks like a robot. He sniffs little children. All of those are fickering distractions distracting you away from what's really happening. They're making you part of the psychological warfare that it's been being put upon you that they got this crazy guy weekend with Biden dragging around a dead body to be your president. A world leader that's making world-leading decisions with all other leaders. So we all know there's somebody controlling him there's no investigations, there's no arrests, there's not even any inkling that perhaps we've already been taken over. And you guys, many of them, not you specifically who are listening, but all of these other people that are trying to think that patriotism is going to be their way out and re-electing Trump is going to be saving them. You know, that's just... It's all deception because the core problem didn't get fixed. The core problem of allowing these corporations and the government, the people that you don't elect, make these kinds of decisions where they're undermining your life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution that they threw out the window to do whatever they want under emergency powers. You know, all the things that they have now think that they can control the world because 
the top leaders have agreed to them. They hold summits, the G7, the World Economic Forum. They all come together telling you that they want a new world order. They openly say it now. They openly say that we want transhumanism. We want to get to point A to B where we are going to control everything about you. Everything that you own belongs to them. Everything that you do, the data is collected on you so they can control you in the end. And they want to be able to bring about a system where everything is digitized and controlled and tagged. And that way, they can shut you out of the system if they don't want you to exist. Besides, they're going to give themselves power to kill you too. So it makes no difference who you elect. So all the people to the Brazil and everywhere else that are facing this, you know, you got to realize that there's a bigger power, bigger than your president, even if you got the person you elected seemingly by doing all the things that you think you're going to do, there's a much bigger problem that nobody's addressing as to who is doing all this and gaining control in every part of society and making laws so no one can act away, act out against them. Because all these mandates, how much people could really do? Because there wasn't enough. There were too many compliers. Too many people are accepting what has already happened. Too many people accepted the stolen elections. Too many people accepted the vaccines. Too many people are accepting the New World Order. And yes, there is resistance everywhere. And there are many people trying to fight for their country and their values. And guess what? Why do you think they're going war against with Russia? Because that country says, with their president, they couldn't take him down. You see how they're taking down leaders everywhere already? They took down nations after nation. Afghanistan was given to China. They did that on purpose. So... Russia, with Putin, wasn't ready to be overtaken by all these, you know, this agenda that's been going on to take over all the leaders. He wasn't ready to forfeit his country like all the other leaders did. You know your country. You know your leader. They did that to you. You know the traitors. But Putin wasn't ready to sell his country out and his people. He was still protecting to this day. He's still trying. And their leader is openly saying, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting Satan himself. And they it's a spiritual war that God has given them more empowerment because they're in a thicket of trying to fight off Satan before he takes over their nation and do to their nation what the West has done to us in the United States with all the dismantling of values, the church, and bringing in this ideology for the young people to grow up into to the next generation where they're not going to value anything. They're not even going to know God. So 
Russia says they're a Christian nation. And they want to keep it that way. And they already went through this cultural revolution with the Bolshevik revolution a while ago. And they dealt with all of this stuff that we're dealing with and the whole world is going to deal with. So part of this taking over all the leaders is to implement the policies to degrade the cultures of all people. That means you're going to get the transgender values, homosexual values, open like promiscuous sex values, no more nuclear families. They're going to promote all the values so nobody has kids, nobody has families to grow into. Weird families, sure, but not the nuclear family. No mother and father. And they don't want any more people to have fundamental godly values to raise your children in that home with the image of God. But they want to destroy all of that. So this way, if they corrupt everyone through whatever gets to them, you know, if transgender is what gets to them, check, corrupt. If money gets to them, check, corrupt. If things like drugs and prostitution and other things, check, corrupt. So they're implementing throwing these cluster bombs on all people to ultimately get them corrupted in whatever way that pleases them. You know, whatever the fleshly desires that they want, they get to have it. And all the laws are put in place to protect them while dismantling the nuclear family with mother, father, and kids, and having a system and a, a loving community with God. They don't want that. And is their way of thinking is that, well, that's one way to depopulate. The other one is through the kill shots that's been going on. And ultimately, they can start wars, regional wars. They don't even have to do nuclear stuff. They can just... They have ways now, the technology is so advanced that they can wipe out everybody very easily and still preserve the land and the property. So what is the Great Reset all about? Is to either make people bankrupt so all the property is owned by these collection of people agencies like BlackRock and others who are equity firms. So what they do is they buy up all the property. They own everything. So that's in real estate. So if they mark it down so bad where people, you know, if we once we get this going in tribulation, if there's actual hunger and if there's actual, you know, joblessness and loss of money and value, then people aren't going to be able to keep their property. It has to go somewhere. So BlackRock owns so much real estate, and, you know, there's other companies, similar ones, State Street and others, that can easily buy up the whole world right now if they wanted to. And if everything is worthless to the pennies, then they can just own everything. So it reminds me one of the biblical stories in uh, where Joseph, and with all his... Uh, 10 brothers, I'm not sure how many they were total, 11 brothers, 
I guess he was one of the 12, maybe. Um, but he, he was given that dream that someday he would rule Egypt and rule over the people and his brothers. So the brothers hated him so much, they tried to kill him and get him sold off. But he didn't die. He ended up uh, serving Pharaoh, and then he ended up in prison because his wife wanted Joseph, and Joseph said no. So after all of that, but he, he had his dreams, and he was able to interpret the dreams. So because the Pharaoh, oh, king of Egypt, was so saddened by the dreams that you know he couldn't figure out what they were, Joseph figured it out for him that they were going to be seven plenty years and seven lean years, the fat cow and the skinny cow. So during the plentiful seven years, they were to store up all the grain and to make sure they had enough for the seven years of famine. While all the people in Joseph's own family wasn't wise enough that this was going to happen to them. They didn't prepare. So a lot of people didn't know. They didn't prepare. But Joseph did. So what started to happen was that once the famine happened, people started to have to sell off all their property, their cattle, everything they owned. People were giving that to the Pharaoh in exchange for food. So no one went hungry, but no one owned anything either. So that was the exchange that was happening in Joseph's time where all the property went back to Pharaoh. So guess what? This is a modern-day thing with the Great Reset. If it actually gets implemented, that's exactly what's going to happen. People aren't going to be able to afford anything, and they're going to be trading everything they have just to get food. So, and that's why all the food supply has been uh, taken down, and they're trying to control all the food supply from top down. You know, the farmers were told to destroy crops, kill their cattle, kill their flocks. The Dutch farmers, they were trying to take their land, change the way of farming. They're putting in all these regulations so farmers can't even comply. They have to give it up. They have to give up if they can't able to produce anything with the financial burden that they're being put on. But that happened also to Indian farmers where they were committing suicide in the past. They were making it difficult. They were wanting to implement all the GMO seeds that came from Western countries, America, and UK, and where they were giving them their Monsanto GMO seeds, and the farmers couldn't pay for them. It took more water, it took more resources to grow that stuff. They were getting in more debt, and the debt that they were in were just a few hundred dollars, but it was, you know, a few hundred dollars to these farmers is a lifetime worth of savings, and they were committing suicide because they couldn't do it. That was happening in South America, too. So whatever has happened in the past with the U.S. farmers and the Dutch farmers, they're, they're the more wealthier ones. They're not the third world farmers. So they didn't really get to experience what 
the New World Order was already doing for decades to all the farmers, trying to control your food supply, trying to control the farmers. If all the farmers are left alone and independent, they love their job, they produce a lot of variety of food, and everybody gets fed. There's no shortage of food. What's happening is that they're controlling it so they can control the food supply, and then that way they can control all of you. And I guess the same thing that I'm saying, what David Icke said, and he got banned all over Europe. So this is a big, big system, and there are people that are putting out a lot of false hopes, and they're misdirecting people to think that there's going to be a person like Trump, whether it's in your own country or just Trump himself, save the world. They're putting all their bets on somebody like that. That They don't have to do the work, what they should have done at a local level, before any of this got anywhere. It all would have started from town to town, you know, not implementing the New World Order policies, not going along with that, not buying and giving money to these companies that want to destroy you and take away your rights, take away your right to speak, assemble, go to church, all these things that people took granted for, they wanted to take it away. And now they realize that they can't, you know, it's taken over, but it's too late. And they want, they're going to have to do a drastic turnaround. But they, ultimately, God is the one who's controlling all this. He's allowing this to happen. And, you know, people quote a lot of things from the Bible, but they don't read the whole thing. You know, even in the podcast that I was talking about earlier, she was quoting stuff from the book of Joel. The book of Joel has not that much to do about the signs in the heavens, but it has everything to do with getting the people together, the nation. God asked all the elders and all the citizens of Israel to come together and meet him to repent of their sins and then cry out to him to you know, take away the enemies and the plagues that were uh, going on in that at that time for them. They had to go, come to God directly and cry out to him. And they, they gave a four-step plan that they had to gather, assemble. They had to repent. They had to cry out to God. And then they had to take action. So we are to do the same for any country, for Brazil, for United States, for Australia, New Zealand, China, India, United Kingdom, Africa, any continent, you pick. The only way out of this is to cry out to God to turn this around, and you have to repent. The nation, the citizens that the God is going to turn this around for, they have to repent. They have to repent of their sins, and they have to align their values to God. If they don't do that, God doesn't have to owe them a single thing. And he can let people in their own might and power try to save themselves from the pit of hell that they put themselves into. 
The only way out of the pit for any nation is to cry out to God and pray together, come together, and ask for help. You got to ask for help. You got to cry out. You got to repent. You know, Jeremiah, I feel like sometimes God made me the modern day girl version of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was, God told him, you weren't going to have a family. You weren't going to have anybody. And you had to go out there and preach and no one was going to listen to you. So he was going to have a very hard time. And he had to serve the Lord. But he wasn't going to get popular likes and following. As we know today in the modern world how that happens. He wasn't going to get that. But his message to all the Israelites that they had to repent. And so I'm telling you the same thing. Okay, Trump isn't going to save you. Bolsonaro isn't going to save you. Anyone else and any other leaders, good or bad, they're not going to save you. Because the fundamental nature of it's the people problem, not the politician problem. People are corrupt. People are sinful. They allowed all this stuff to happen because they got complacent. They got complacent in the world where everybody mostly was prospering. You know, they had food to eat. They had housing. They had work. They had ability to do things in the planet Earth and have a good life while enjoying all the things that you get to enjoy. Yes, there are people who suffer, but overall, they're not suffering all the time. They still have joy. God has given them grace over something in their lives. And many people have others for comfort. And we have the Holy Spirit for our comfort. So it's not total hell to live on planet Earth just yet. So people took advantage of that. They took advantage of God. They took advantage of one another. They took advantage of everything that they could possibly get their hands on. And they took things for granted. Granted that everything was going to stay good all the time. Granted that they could still do whatever they want. And somehow somebody was still going to keep saving them. And they just took God for granted. And they took life for granted. And now they're paying for it. And... It reminds me of what the Bible says clearly that people perish for a lack of knowledge. Because if they don't know the truth of God and they don't know what he wants and why he did what he did and why even the whole thing happened with the great flood in the Noah's days because all life was so corrupt and so evil that he had to start over. And it was the DNA modification that was going on back then with the Nephilims and hybrids and all the animals were corrupt, all the people were corrupt, all the DNA was corrupt except for Noah and his family. And that's what God took them out and gave them an ark to survive for 40 days. And similarly, he will do that for us too. And there's going to be an ark somewhere in the darkness when things get so bad. You know, uh, 
a lot of people think it's going to be a rapture. No, it's we're going to go through it, but it's just not going to be the way they're taught and the way they think. And you just have to trust God. You have to have faith. But that doesn't mean the world isn't going in a certain direction that wants to be destroyed. Satan's doing a very good job to get to the end, too. He's accelerating the timeline as well. It's people that are carrying out the stuff, but it's not really them. It's Satan who's doing this. He wants to get himself out. He's itching to get out of the door and into the limelight where everybody will see him. And everybody's going to make that decision. They're going to know who they're going to worship. That's not going to be a secret. In fact, the mark of the beast says his name or his number or his graven image. The image of the beast or his name or his number. So there's three different ways to represent the beast. So he's not going to be hiding behind a shadow government and let all this chaos happen without making it known. So that's, you know, that time is going to come. But what I'm seeing now is that people are not seeing the bigger picture, that they think they can overturn this new world order somehow and become victorious, and then they're just going to be a thousand years of peace and prosperity and, you know, bypassing the whole great tribulation and, and death and war against the saints and the mark of the beast, somehow people actually think that we're going to have good times after next year. We might get a reprieve for a little bit, but no way, okay? Things are only going to get worse and worse. And the biggest thing that Bible talks about is the apostasy. So the apostasy doesn't matter for non-believers because they already are apostate. They don't care. It's only the believers that are going to become apostate. So how does that happen if everyone's saying, you know, we have faith, we're Christians, and we're going to fight for the right cause, and the great awakening, which I hate that word because there's no such thing. It's not. There's no awakening going on. They're still asleep because nothing good you know, they're talking about overturning things, but they're not changing the fundamental problem, which is sin and not repenting and not going back to the ways of God. If they're not doing that, then there's no hope. There's no great awakening anywhere. And perhaps things can turn around for a little bit, but not not the book of revelation is very clear it's not going to be turned around the beast is going to have its day in heyday with there's two of them two beasts one false prophet they're going to have a good old time in the end and they're going to make a war against us so that you know and god has given them three and a half years exactly to execute their plan and everything that we experience right now is for them putting that plan in place so they can finally be able to have their new world order, one world government, for at least three and a half years. So I think, you know, just to keep things, everything has to be still in perspective.
as Christians, I don't think we should get caught up on every, you know, whichever the wind blows this way or that way. One moment the wind is blowing towards Twitter doing whatever it wants, and then the other direction, Elon Musk comes and tries to save the day and buys Twitter. Which, by the way, if he's a good guy or a bad guy, I mean, he, he's, he's also doing ambiguous kind of things. So he wears the suit that has the Baphomet and the upside-down cross to serve Satan. You know, even though it's just a costume, why would you wear that? Everybody knows symbolism. He talks about demons all the time. Why the heck would you wear that? And then still try to come up as a good guy to protect free speech and protect people's rights to communicate, blah, blah, blah. Do we really know what the effect's going to be when, you know, this guy who seemingly does not know God, because if he did, he would do things, say things to reflect the image of God, not image of Satan as what he wore. So clearly we know which side he's on. I mean, he still has time for God to reach him and turn himself to God. And maybe that's what's going to happen in the end as things get worse and worse. But this guy is the one that's building a brain chip for transhumanism to have the AI implemented in your brain. And you should listen to my podcast about the concurrent neural network. That's what Elon Musk is helping to build. The neural network that's going to go inside your brain that they're going to implement and merge it with the AI. And that's what I think the image of the beast is going to be eventually. Some system with the AI. So Elon Musk is getting billions from government money to implement all this stuff. So, but people, you know, he's a likable guy. So people like can't figure out if he's good or bad because he's leaving it ambiguous. Nobody can tell if he's good or bad. Nobody knows what side he's really on. So this is all kinds of confusion everywhere. And the only way to keep some sanity is that you got to trust God. You got to know, you know, you have to have real truth from the Holy Spirit. Because Christians are also lying, too. They're also making up stuff. I hear them all the time. And, you know, th this the podcast that I listened to today, which I'll put in a description, I guess, for you guys to listen to it, too, and make your own judgment. But, you know, I, I totally think that's all apostate stuff, too. It's doctrines of demons. She comes out as a nice Christian lady. So I can't really say one way or the other if she is or she isn't. But her stuff, and maybe, I mean, I know she believes it 100%. But it's just not right. So if you have people following in that direction, and she can sell her books for making these positive claims that she's making. And if I try to go the other way, you know, everything I'm saying, I actually want to stick to the Word of God more often than not. But I don't think that many people are listening and reading my stuff. So I don't have that same influence.
But, you know, if I turn myself around, start pushing out lies like most of them, then perhaps I'll get a bigger following because I think people like to hear lies more than the truth. But I don't know. I, I just, we got to keep your mind in tune to God. You got to keep it simple and not get too distracted with all the stuff that's going on because 98% of it is deception. And that's why God says that people who don't love the truth, God allows them to be taken over into a delusion. So they believe the lies. Because God knows that they're not, there's no way to tell them that they'll listen the truth. They already rejected it. And by rejecting the truth, they're really rejecting God because God is truth. So if there's any truth, there's only one truth. And I know like people like to say, well, I think it's this interpretation and that interpretation, blah, blah, blah. There's only one. Every other interpretation is mixed in with some sort of lie. You can't have two plus two equal five. It can only be four. And if people want to see other numbers, fine. But there's only one answer. So just like the truth of God, there's only one answer. And everyone else who sees it slightly differently, you might only see little pieces of it, which still would be 100% truth. That's fine. But if that perception starts allowing other things in, then you're mixing lies with the truth. And it's going to look completely different to you. So I think anyone who's a true believer, the Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. That's the number one job for the Holy Spirit. Not only be your comforter, but it's to tell you the truth. So if you truly have faith in God and you, you, know, you understand what the Bible says, or even if you don't understand it, but you have faith in God, then, and that you have Holy Spirit inside you, I don't think you're going to go wrong. I think you will get the truth from God, do exactly what to do at the right time for any given situation. And you're going to be able to discern what's wrong and what's right. That's the big key thing. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts to have is to have good discernment, a sound mind. And not get trapped into all these fires that go off like firecrackers everywhere. And diverting attention from here. Then they divert attention to there. And it's going on nonstop. And it's taking away peace from the world. But you have hope in God. You have everything you need. All you got to do is cry out to him. And I think this will turn around. And if we're truly just getting towards the end where God's just going to let them do it, okay, just have peace with where you are in life to know that even if, you know, other things are burning down, you're going to have a safe spot just for you because only those that deny God anyway, you know, they're going to experience what God wants them to experience. But he has ways to protect his people. Just like in Sodom and Gomorrah, he took out Lot and his family before he burned it all down. And just like Noah, he gave them a boat to sit tight 
with all the animals while he was doing some busy work, killing all life all over the planet with flood, raging waters from the heavens and the oceans and the earth below. That must have been a frightening scene. So I hope that boat didn't have too many windows. But but I'm sure, you know, having that comfort of God to know that they were safe in that boat, because God told him to build it, so he wasn't going to kill them. So we should have that same faith that even though the world might go on fire, you know, here and there, for his people, he will find a way to protect them somehow. And if it's a rapture, awesome. If not, he'll find some other way, you know. He can build that instantaneous shelter around you while everything else is going apart. You know, he gave Jonah an overnight plant to give him shade because it was hot. And then he took it away. He gave him a belly, big fish belly to live for a couple of days. And it didn't hurt him. He came out. He jumped off the boat before he got even into the fish trying to escape. And nothing happened. He didn't die from falling off the boat. He didn't die in the fish. He didn't die from heat. And he didn't die from the people that he had to go speak to in Nivea to, you know, tell him about God. People could have killed him there too. So all those dangers that he faced, the supernatural power was with him the whole time. So I believe his people will have that supernatural power too. And it's really hard sometimes to forget that when you're forgetting that, you know, it's things that are impossible are possible. But that's what the Bible reminds you, that all things are possible with God. So I hope this was helpful. And uh, thank you for listening, and have a great night.